Praise the Lord to everybody. Praise the Lord to everybody. Praise the Lord to everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. So thankful for God's goodness, His mercy, His blessings, allowing us another opportunity to come to His house, to worship, to praise, to glorify, and to lift up His name. Amen. We're serving a good God today. We're serving a great God today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just start this service out with prayer, just glorifying God. Let's don't ask Him for anything. Let's just start out by praising and worshiping Him. God, we love you today. Thank you, Jesus, for another chance to be in your house, to come together to worship, praise, and to lift up your grace.
Brother Dale Stevens, Brother Duplessy, Brother Strevel, Ashley Jenkins, Dolores Ashcraft, and all that are sick. We didn't call their name, but we asked God to touch everyone. But let's invite God to take charge of this service this morning. Let's love him. God, we love you. We praise you. the offering this morning. We're going to have some more good church. Glory. him, because God is a miracle worker. Hallelujah. Brother Luke. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Praise God. Lord bless you. Since you stood up, you can be seated. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, so thankful for God's goodness, His mercy, and His blessings allowing us to be in His house again. Amen. I count it a privilege and an honor every opportunity I get to come to the house of the Lord to worship Him and to glorify Him, and I'm glad that I can worship Him in spirit and in truth today. How many are thankful for the truth this morning? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God has been good to us. Um, we've had a great week this week. And God kept his hand of protection over us and uh, kept all of us safe with all the activities. And uh, we are thankful for that. I want to uh, uh, say thank you for all of those who helped in uh, different areas this week due to the cancellation of our youth camp. We kind of brought youth camp home this week, and uh, by 
yesterday, Friday night, yesterday, I felt like I had been to youth camp. I was a little bit tired, but we are thankful for everyone that helped, that made it possible. And uh, why don't all the young people give the ones who helped a great hand clap today. I want to say a special thank you for those who helped with the food, helped prepare it, and uh, for the ones who gave donations to take care of some of the expense of this week. Thank you very much. And I want to say thank you for the ones who helped us at the lake and the ones who brought their boats and provided gas for those uh, boats. Thank you very much. And uh, for all the ones that helped serve and uh, clean up all the things there for uh, the Black Light Nerf Wars, thank you for those who helped with that. How many had a great time doing that? And if you were, if you came over to eat after church Wednesday night, you've seen that there was a lot of decorations, time spent doing that, and it turned out very nice. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for the ones who helped canoeing and uh, made that possible. Thank you for game night. Uh, thank you uh, for Brother Allen and Sister Angela got those activities together. And um, I've always had questions about Brother Allen, about, uh, well, about a lot of things about him. But he answered a lot of my questions Thursday night, and I am convinced that he will do just about anything. If you were not there, you missed the opportunity of watching Brother Allen eat a earthworm. <laughs> and uh, so uh, it was quite entertaining. And uh, then his wife couldn't resist but to kiss him right after he ate the earthworm. <laughs> uh, he tried to get her not to but she just wanted to anyway but uh, thank you for that and then uh, Friday night uh, the uh, talent show we had such a great time and uh, wonderful <clears throat> well a lot of talent was on display I'm not sure it was all wonderful but we had a great time and uh, a lot of fun and I want to tell you living for God is fun it was meant to be fun Amen. It's a good life living for God. And uh, I tell you, I, I'm thankful for all of our young people and uh, their participation and uh, all that they did. We are thankful for that. Thank God for young people. Thank God for young people. And Sunday night, Sunday night, or Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night, Brother Mark started this off this week. Had such a wonderful time in the Lord, great word of God. Then uh, Wednesday night, Brother Hare was with us, and uh, Brother Jackson was with us, and Brother Hare's wife, and and uh, Brother Jackson's daughter. Glad that they were able to come with us. But Brother Hare had done such a wonderful job preaching. And today we're going to wrap it up with Brother Brian. How many is glad Brother Brian is with us today? Also, uh, I will be out of town this next week, and uh, I'll be back next Sunday, the good Lord willing, and uh, be out of town for uh, this Wednesday night service and next Wednesday night service, and uh, 
This is uh, recreation. This is not business. This is recreation. So I ask you to be faithful to the house of the Lord. And we want to pray especially for Brother Strebel. He needs a miracle from God. And uh, we know a God that is a miracle worker. And in praying for that miracle that we need God to work for him, we want to thank God for what he has done for Sister McKinley done such a wonderful miracle in her life and we are so thankful and grateful for that and uh, <clears throat> I know we have requested prayer for Brother Duplessy uh, I want to uh, let you know he does not have COVID that we know of and uh, it's just a heart condition so don't worry about it too much <laughs> so uh, no, uh, we think it's less than that, but uh, he is having some issues, and we pray that the Lord would touch him, although he did have to go to the hospital, I think, uh, Friday. Friday it was, so we pray praying that he didn't catch anything there and uh, that the Lord would keep them safe and uh, heal and work a miracle in his body. While we're on that subject, I want to address a couple of issues here and uh, <clears throat> not not because I was told to address these issues, but I feel that it is necessary. And I want to thank everyone and all of you that are home listening today. I want to thank everyone for working uh, so hard to keep everything as safe as we possibly can, which I don't know how we can do all of that, but we want to do our part and uh, doing the best that we can. And for you that, that if you feel sick or it may not be the virus that everyone is afraid of, but it could be the common cold. But I want to thank you for cooperating with us and, and calling in and saying I'm a little under the weather. I'm not going to come to church today because it's better to be safe than sorry. So I want to thank everyone for doing that and uh, working. And I know, I know there is some that is uh, very fearful afraid of this virus. There is some, I, I wouldn't say that I'm scared of it. I, I do respect it. I, I will say that. And uh, it is definitely real. I think a bunch of it, as I have said in times past, there's a lot of political stuff that is going on that is wrapped up in this. I do believe that uh, with all of my heart because I think there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of false information and so it leaves us with the point of we don't know what to believe or what not to believe. I do know without a doubt people is getting sick. There's been many people that has sick has been sick. I know I have been sick, so I know that it is real. And um, I know that there's been people, unfortunately, that have not recovered, that has lost their life. We have requested prayer for Brother Strebel right now that's in critical condition and needs a miracle from God. He was a healthy individual uh, when he contacted this virus or when the virus contacted him, and it has affected his body and uh, to the point of death. And we pray that God would work a miracle for him today. And so I don't make light of it, and I don't want anyone else, even though we have different opinions, different ideas, different philosophies, there's been ideas on wearing masks and not wearing masks and what should we do and what should we not do. I want you to feel comfortable coming here with whatever you choose to do. I'm not going to make fun of you for wearing a mask. Neither am I going to require you to wear a mask. That is up to an individual because 
I have my personal opinions on that, which does not amount to much because I am not a medical doctor. But they started out by telling us, Dr. Fauci told us that it would not help. Don't wear masks. And now they are telling us to wear them. And uh, so I want it to be everyone's choice. Whatever you feel comfortable with, that's what I want you to do. There has been some that I have advised to stay home. Some I have not advised to stay home, but I still stand by this. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be comfortable with your health. I want you to be comfortable with the decision that you make. I am not making that decision for you. And I want you to be very comfortable with the decision that you make and bring God into the equation. I know that you can catch it at church. There is no doubt about that because we are social people. And we are in a building, and uh, I don't know how it's transmitted. They say that you can catch it on surfaces, then they say that you can't. You can catch it through the air, and then they say you can't. It has to be spittle droplets that fall on you, and then they say it doesn't. So I do not know, and I don't think anyone really knows for sure. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to be comfortable with being here. Everybody may not social distance as you want them to, but that's everybody. That's everybody's option to do what they want to do. I want us to be safe. I've asked us not to hug necks. Don't shake hands. Greet one another. Don't greet one another with a holy kiss. And let's be as safe as possible. But in all of this, remember, we've got to have church. And we've got to have a move of God. And we have got, there is no way that we can sit here and not respond to the presence of the Lord. If you respond in your pew, respond in your pew. I'm just asking you to respond to the presence and the moving of the Holy Ghost. I don't want, we are in this together. America, and this is what problems we're having today with all the things that are going on, that we in America are made up of a bunch of people that come from a bunch of different walks of life, And when this country was formed, we come from a bunch of different areas, and we still do, different parts of the world with different ideas and different opinions. But what makes us America is us being able to get along and accept someone's differences. And so this is what makes us a church, is accepting one another's differences of opinion. This is not a religious opinion. This is a health opinion of what you feel is right for you, and I want you to be comfortable with what you feel is right with you. Now, when it comes to one God, apostolic church, there's not but one opinion, and that's the biblical opinion. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so I want everyone, everyone to be comfortable. Don't, don't, don't make light of someone else's fear, and people have different fears of different things. I have fear of some things that you may not have fear of. I have fear of dark houses. I'm not going into dark houses. But I do not fear dark woods. They don't bother me. You might feel dark woods and not fear dark houses. So so you don't make fun of me and I won't make fun of you. And we'll all get along together. But I tell you what, what we need in this day and hour, we are living in a crazy world. With all the unrest and all the craziness that is going on in this world. But I tell you what, what I, what I am so thankful for 
is I still have God and I still have a church and I still have a relationship with God. And I have found out there's a lot of things in life that can change. There's a lot of things in life that can be taken away. And it's helped me to realize and understand I need to take my walk and my relationship with God a lot more serious than I have in the past and realize the freedom and the opportunities that we have may not last forever and they may not last for the rest of our lifetime, but this is what I want to do. Every opportunity I have to lift my hands and to give my God praise, my God glory, and my God honor, I want to give God my very, very, very best. This is no time to grow cold in the Lord, but this is a time to get your relationship with God red hot. Amen. I said red hot. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be living for God and be what God wants me to be. Why don't we all stand and give the Lord a hand clap of praise and glorify and magnify Him today. Amen. Amen. It is an honor. It's a privilege to have Brother Bryant here with us. And so glad that he's with us today. Looking forward to the Word of God this morning and again tonight and what God is going to do. I come expecting God to do something great in the house of the Lord today. Brother Bryant is no stranger here. We love and appreciate him, appreciate his ministry. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and Brother Bryant as he comes this morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You may be seated. It's so good to be back with my Sealsby family. Love every one of you, starting with your pastor and his wife, family. It's a great day to be living for Jesus Christ. I was a little, I was a little less than what I expected. But let me. It's a great day to be living for Jesus Christ. The Scripture didn't say, "Give thanks for everything," because we're not we're not thankful for everything that happens, for what everybody does. But it says, "In everything, give thanks." So in the midst of what's going on in this world, you can't take my praise. You can't take my worship. You can't take my voice. Come on, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. may be seated again. Amen. If you're wondering how we're doing, doing great. And God's going to take care of us. He always has. And He will continue to do so. Amen. Anybody have a testimony by the raising of your hand where the Lord brought you through when you knew if it had not been for Him. 
There's no doubt you would have come through. Come on, anybody ever been healed? Come on, anybody ever been delivered when you knew you didn't deserve it? Anybody thankful for His grace? Come on, anybody thankful for His mercy when He reached way down? Hallelujah! Come on, it's going to be all right. We're just going to have Holy Ghost Church this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Looper, for the invitation. Be back here. Always a pleasure to be here. I feel a strong direction in my spirit this morning. I love the Word of God because... He has a way of highlighting things going on right then and help us in the moment, especially when we need it. Amen. I'm so thankful how many times the man of God has stepped to the pulpit in my life and spoke directly. Amen. So if you turn with me to John chapter 8. Welcome to stand if you like in honor of the word of the Lord. I, some of you may or may not have noticed, but uh, I no longer have glasses. And... Uh, I didn't get a conviction against them. My son just broke them. <laughs> and when I went back to get them fixed, they will not touch them due to the virus. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> John chapter 8, verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man... Then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And He that, is, that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. You're going to turn over to John chapter 12. Recurring thought and idea in these two passages. John chapter 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And Jesus makes this next statement. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. I want to preach this morning on a simple thought. This is what I'd like to preach to you about for a few minutes. Your miracle is in sight. Now we're going to take possibly a circuitous route to where we're going. But if you'll stay with us, i got... Every bit of confidence that you're going to get what you need from God if you'll receive it. Come on, 
Close your Bible, set them on the pew next to you. Lift your hands right now. Come on now. I, I wonder, could you lift your voice with urgency right now? God, we need you today. God, I pray, God, we bind every spirit of hindrance. God, every demonic spirit, God, that would try to hinder. God, these are your people. God, there are hungry souls that are in this house that need a touch. They need deliverance, God. Come on, could you lift your voice just a moment longer? Come on, just a little bit louder. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody's wanting to, wanted to shout loud all morning long and you hadn't done it. Come on, I give you permission. Come on, Jesus, we praise you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Located in our text, in both passages, Jesus specifically references the idea that he was going to be lifted up. His disciples did not understand at that time what he meant because they could not wrap their minds around the idea that he would be crucified. But if you will journey with me for a few minutes, I want to go back to the Old Testament and talk to you for a few minutes, and then we'll make our way back to the New Testament. The children of Israel... To make a long story very short, by the help of one of their patriarchs, Joseph, who had been exalted in Egypt because of the anointing on his life, during a famine, Joseph had brought his brothers and his father back to Egypt with him. and They had left their homeland, but it had been prophesied that they would go back to Israel. The Bible says there came a time in the beginning of the book of Exodus, it's recorded that there came a time when there arose up a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And because the Israelites were blessed going in and coming out, they were, they were blessed in the morning and in the evening. They were blessed in the field and in the city. They were blessed to the fruit of the room. They, they became so, so prosperous and had so many offspring. That this Pharaoh realized, uh, if there's a war, there's going to be, there's going to be anarchy from the Israelites. And I've got to have, have them under bondage and keep them down. Keep them subjected. And so, the Bible says he began to put them under hard labor. But in the process of them getting uncomfortable, with their situation making them be in a position they cared not for. The Bible says that the worse that they were persecuted, the more they proliferated, the greater they grew. And because of that, uh, the labor got harder and harder. 
And all the while, in these last part, before God did the miraculous deliverance in Exodus, uh, God was raising up a young man named Moses. And Moses had been adopted because Pharaoh had been trying to get the Hebrew midwives to commit abortion on the Hebrew midwife. And we don't believe in that. God protects life. And so, so as he's trying to get the Hebrew midwives to commit abortion of the male offspring of the Israelites, uh, the Hebrew midwives decided not to obey the law of the land at that time. And they said, we're going to obey God. And so they did. And in the midst of persecution, the Bible says God gave the Hebrew midwives uh, houses in the middle of their land of captivity. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. No matter what goes down in our world, we got a God that's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. You say, what do we do? We keep having babies. We keep preaching truth. We keep baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ. And God will make a way. I wish somebody stand up and shout for your backslidden lost loved ones. Come on, in Jesus' name, let this trial draw them back home. Come on, I wish, I wish somebody you've been wanting to do it for the last four weeks. I wish you'd shake off the spirit of fear and intimidation. The devil is a liar. Come on, come on, greater is he that is in us. Hallelujah. Uh, This was not in my notes, but the Bible says that the name of those two Hebrew midwives was Shifra and Puah. And those names, one of them means to glisten or to gleam with brightness. And the other one means beauty and to be fair. And I feel like What the Lord is trying to say there is if we'll keep doing His will and keep producing, He's going to shine His favor and His beauty on His bride. You hear what I'm saying? God's going to shine on those churches that say, no matter what it takes, it doesn't matter if we have to get creative, we're going to go forward. Hallelujah. So, Moses is growing up in the king's house after he had been adopted by the, by the daughter of the king. He grows up. He's educated in the highest level. He's prepared for the throne. The Bible says there came a day where he esteemed the afflictions of Christ. In other words, the afflictions of being with his brethren greater than the pleasures of being in the king's house. Thank God for a man that will stand his ground. Amen. Thank God for that. And so Moses, in spite of having the right zeal, he didn't have a whole lot of wisdom at that time. And he goes out and he sees an issue between a Hebrew and an Egyptian. 
And he takes the law into his own hands. And he smites the Egyptian. And the next day after he had hit the body in the sand, two Hebrew brethren are fighting. And in the midst of the clamor, he goes to try to split them up. And say, why are you fighting your brother? And one of them who was in the wrong. Be careful about those who are in the wrong. When he was in the wrong, he turned and he said, are you going to slay me like you did the Egyptian yesterday? Because of that, Moses flees into the wilderness knowing that Pharaoh's fixing to be on his track. And he flees to the wilderness. And God begins to train him how to take care of sheep. Because the Egyptians hated shepherds. They despised them. But God had to take him on the backside of a wilderness to train him up to be a shepherd. And after he had been there almost 40 years, the cry in Egypt from the Israelites, the prayers started going up so so vigorously and so strongly that God said, it's time for me to come down and do something about it. Church, if we'll pray, like we've never prayed, there's no telling what kind of miraculous things God's going to do on our behalf. And so in the midst of that, God's working over here in Egypt and their prayers are being anointed and they're raising up to heaven. And Moses is on the backside of a wilderness and, he's, and, and he sees a, a burning bush that's not being consumed. And God gets his attention with this and talks to him, tells him what he's going to do. And through this experience, God says, I'm going to send you back to Egypt and you're going to bring my people out. You're going to be my deliverer. And when he did, he said, but I've got to give you some tools to work with. He said, put your hand in your pocket. He reached his hand in his pocket, and it came out, and it was leprous. Immediately, he had an incurable disease. He said, put your hand back in your pocket. And when he pulled it out, it was healed. Our God's a miracle worker. He said, you see that shepherd's rod you got in your hand? He said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it turned into a serpent. Moses is kind of like his brother, Bryant. I don't want nothing to do with the snakes. And the Lord told him, pick it up by the tail. No, 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 no. But when he finally picked it up, it turned back into a rod. So in Exodus chapter 7, we pick back up. Aaron is now his spokesman. But the Pharaoh sees Moses as a god and Aaron as his prophet. And so the Lord speaks in Exodus 7 and 8. He said, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, which is the same rod that Moses had, and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. The Lord told him what to do before they went in to the courtroom of Pharaoh. 
And Moses and Aaron went in under Pharaoh and they did so. Somebody say they did so. Come on, obedience is the key to the miraculous. And they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his serpents. And it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called also the wise men and the sorcerers, all of his little witch doctors, little magicians. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. They threw their rods down. They all became snakes running around everywhere. But the Bible gives us a caveat. The Bible says, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. When you go to the courtroom of spiritual warfare, you better have a man of God that's got authority with God. And when they threw down in the courtroom of spiritual warfare, it didn't matter what hell had to offer. God's authority and God's power will swallow up. It'll swallow up. It'll conquer. It'll overcome. It'll overcome every addiction. It'll overcome every fear. It'll swallow up all your issues if you let God do it through the hand and the rod of the man of God. I know I'm getting where I need to be right now because you're slowing down. The rod of a shepherd has multiple purposes. The rod of the shepherd is not only to strike the back of the sheep when it's getting astray. And thank God for the correction when the sheep get out of line. I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven more than anything else. In my life. And a real shepherd is not quick to use the rod of correction. Because he doesn't want it to lose its power. You use it all the time and people get hardened to it. But the rod was also used. That same rod that was used to correct the sheep. Was the same rod that was used to fight off the intruders, the lions, the bears, and the wolves. I come here to preach on Sunday morning. There's some issues you can't conquer on your own. I know you're nodding your head. You've heard it before. But I'm telling you, there's some issues in the spirit world you cannot conquer on your own. It takes a shepherd with a rod to fight it off in the spirit realm. I wish somebody, I wish somebody respond right now and let God know. I thank God for the man of God. Hallelujah. Come on, it reminds me of Psalm 23. 
Come on, the Bible says, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that, yea, though I walk through uh, the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I'm not going to fear any evil, for thou art with me. Uh, thy rod and thy staff, uh, they comfort me. Come on, the rod will keep you. The staff will hold you back when you're trying to destroy yourself. Come on. But the Bible says on the other side of the valley, he said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The same enemies that tried to destroy me, if I'll stay with the shepherd, God's going to give me victory. Be seated. The issue is, if we're not willing to accept the correction, I don't deserve the protection. In this hour we're living in right now, we better attune our ears to listen closely to what the shepherd's saying. There's too many intruders trying to climb up into the sheepfold by a way that's illegal and ungodly. Let me caution you. That's why we want to keep the churches going as much as is possible. Because you don't need to be listening to other voices that are not righteous, that are not fighting for your soul. I remember the pastor sharing this story with me. He had a new convert. Had received the Holy Ghost about six months prior. God had delivered him from so many things that had a tremendous testimony. Mountain of a man. Six foot five. Well over 350 pounds. Huge man. Much of a man. And I remember him calling his pastor, and the pastor relayed the story to me. His name was David. And David said, it was right around Thanksgiving time of the year, and he said, he said, Pastor, I had a dream last night. He said, tell me about it, David. He said, my brother and I, he said, who's a little bit bigger than myself, were on our way to Mama's house. You know, it's Thanksgiving. He said, we were on our way. We were walking through the woods. He said, and we came to this clearing. He said, and there was a, there was a little ditch running through like a slough running through the middle. He said, and we got to the slough. He said, and we both stopped dead still. And in the dream, he said, I still remember vividly. He said, I was scared to death. My brother and I looked at each other and said, how are we going to get across? He said, I don't know. But my brother asked me, do you see the gators? He said, and you could see the water. With them. He said, you could see the water rippling with them all along that slough. He said, but I had to get to Mama's house. That was the safe place. And so, he said, what are we going to do, David? He said, I don't know. He said, about that time, Pastor, you showed up. Uh, he said, and you had a rod in your hand. He said, and you didn't hold up. 
He said, you told me, David, I got this. He said, you waited out. He said, you had your waiters on. He said, you waited out in the middle. He said, and every time one popped their head up, he said, you beat them back down. He said, until after a little while, my brother said, my God, how does he do that? He said, and I watched as it unfolded in the dream. He said, a little while later, you, you told me, Pastor, it's okay, David. You and, you and your brother can make it safe to Mama's house. He called his pastor, and he's crying, telling the dream. He said, Pastor, I was terrified. He said, what was it? What, what, was, what does this mean? His pastor said, David, what is the one thing in your family that you've never been able to conquer? He said, every one of the men in our family are alcoholics. He said, he said, that's the beast you can't get over. Every family's got its own beast to conquer. He said, David, the revelation and the understanding is God chose that your man of God would help you conquer. And overcome. And some things he's got to have spiritual authority over. And that's why you can't be saved without a pastor. You say, I'm here today and I really, I'm not sure about all this preacher stuff. God characterizes souls as sheep uh, and shepherds uh, as the pastor, the shepherd, the covering. And there's some things you'll never get conquered. Some of you are sitting here right now and you're saying, I want out. I want deliverance. I want to get this phone and throw it out the window. I'm sick and tired of my past haunting me. I'm sick and tired of these addictions holding me. I'm sick and tired of my marriage falling apart. And I run back to church for a few weeks trying to pass it up. We're not doing hero worship to men today. But God designed it. Say, why is it so important? When it comes to spiritual issues, you got to have a shepherd that can throw down in the courtroom of spiritual warfare and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. You say, I, 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 don't, I don't think all that's necessary. If God hadn't have sent Moses, they never would have come out of Egypt. <laughs> but I'm preaching to some people today, you got your mind made up. I'm going to have victory. I'm coming out. I'm sick of living. Come on with fear and doubt. But you came to the right place on Sunday morning. Come on, there's, there's, the, there's deliverance. Come on, I'm hitting a little snag right there. I wish somebody stand up and say, we're coming out. We're going through. We're going over. Hey. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so God brings them out. Under the leadership of Moses. The Bible says in Numbers 21 and 4, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. They made a circle around the land of Edom, which was the land of Esau. 
And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, saying, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. Our soul loatheth or hateth this light bread. And the Lord responded this way. He sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. I'm just reading the Bible to you right now. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against thee, Pastor. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. Because Moses had a love for those people. He went and found him a private place with God. He said, well, I, I, I'm doing good. Every one of you have been bent. We're all sinners. Every one of us, every last one of us have been bitten. Uh-huh. Starting from right here. Everybody's been bitten. And so Moses went and began to intercede for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it up upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses obeyed and made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Holy Ghost sent me on a mission this morning. We're not going to back off of it, not one bit. When Moses lifted up that fiery serpent, they didn't have to come to Moses and tell him all their problems. He didn't have to come. They didn't have to come and have a counseling meeting with the preacher. The Bible says all they had to do is look up and behold the serpent. Come here to preach on Sunday morning. Your miracle is in sight. But you're going to have to quit looking at the problems around you. You're going to have to quit making your problem worse than everybody else's. You're going to have to quit making a clamor and a holler and making a scene about yourself. It's time to lift up your eyes and change your perspective. Everybody's got problems in the church. Come on, Moses had a stuttering problem. We all got issues, but thank God when Moses lifted up the serpent, when they just lifted their eye, if somebody would change your perspective this morning, your whole world's going to turn. Come on, everything you're fussing about, everything you're bitter about, everything you don't understand, if you could just lift your eyes. Come on, we, we don't need to hear your gossip. We don't need to hear your frustration. We need you to lift up your eyes. 
Come on. Come on. I'm starting to feel the lift of the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. I feel the healing virtue of the Holy Ghost. He'll heal your broken heart. Come on. He'll set the captive free. But you got to change your perspective. Come on. I don't know if I can do this. Lift up your eyes. Come on, I wish somebody praised him right now. Come on, how many believe he could deliver this morning? Huh? Come on, not just tonight, huh? this morning. Hallelujah. You say, why? Why is that such a big deal? Stand to your feet, I'm fixing the clothes. That was for them in the wilderness. Keep saying about the preacher and, 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 and the serpent that was raised up. What's the serpent mean? I got to thinking about it, Pastor Looper. In our world, in our natural ecosystem, most snakes are good, good better, dead. I don't like, I don't like snakes. I, I despise them. Some of you may have them as pets, but shame on you. And I got to thinking about it. The one snake you don't want to kill is the king snake. Because he swallows up the other snakes. He put the serpent on the pole. The king snake. And the Bible says in John chapter 3, this is in the words of Jesus Christ. He just got through telling Nicodemus how to be saved. Just before John 3.16, for God so loved the world. John 3.14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, as the man of God lifted up the solution, even so, the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. I wish somebody lift your eyes. There's a cross that says you can't be free. There's a cross that says you can be healed. Get your eyes off of your spouse. Get your eyes off of your children. Get your eyes off of somebody else. Come on, today is your day. Come on, I've been suffering with depression. Will you lift up your eyes uh, and he'll exchange you a garment of praise uh, for the spirit of heaviness. Uh. Come on, I've been sick in my spirit. I've been sick in my body. Uh. There's healing in the cross uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh. Your miracle is in sight. Come on. Come on, fix and open these altars. Uh. Come on, if you got a need, I don't care how simple, how small. Or how great. If you'll lay down your troubles and your sins, your struggles and your hurts at the foot of the cross and lift up your eyes. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Come on, if you feel like you need to pray. Come on, if you feel like you know someone needs a breakthrough. Come on, step out of your pew. Quick, quick, quick. Come on, don't, don't, don't hold up. Come on, I'm not trying to force anybody. Come on, if you don't feel comfortable, please lift your voice at your pew.
Come on, I, I, I am talking to somebody this, I'm talking to several somebodies this morning. Come on, quick. Stop putting your mouth on the man of God. Come on, stop putting your mouth on the man of God. Because he's the one that lifts up the cross before you and says there's healing. Come on, there's healing. Come on, your, your deliverance is tied to your man of God. Come on, guests, you're welcome to come. Come on, friends, you're welcome to come. Come on, there's healing in the cross. There's deliverance. Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Come on, yes, Jesus. Power Come on. In Come on, I've been there. I need you, Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. I hear the chains falling. I hear the chains falling. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh well, I hear the chains falling. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, well, I hear the chains falling. Do you hear them? I hear the chains falling. The falling, oh yes, I hear. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain. Come on, we're not trying to get it out, brother. Our sister's business. Come on, but if you lift your head, if you lift your eyes, so you can see the cross today. Come on, lift your eyes. Somebody right now. Yes, Jesus. Yes, I hear the chains falling. Come on, yes, 
I hear the chains falling. 
Oh, 